Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. We are so excited to be with you once again, and I want to say thank you. Thank you for allowing us to be in your homes this morning. Thank you for opening up your heart and allowing us to minister to you today. I'm so excited for the word that God's given me to share with you this morning. And right there where you're sitting, I know that God has a plan and a purpose for this moment. If you would just take time and open your Bibles with me, we've been speaking about dominion. And if you open your Bible to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, we're going to use that as our launching pad this morning to talk about how God has created us for dominion. Yes, God has designed you put you together to have dominion, authority over every aspect of your life. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God said, Then God said, Let us make man in our image and in our likeness, and let them have dominion. Everyone say dominion at home. He says this, Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Right where you are, would you bow your heads as we pray? Father, we bless your name this morning, and we ask God for your help in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, this morning I want you to understand that you were not just made by God, you were made of God. That human beings were literally drawn out of the nature of God. When God created everything else, he spoke it into being. But only mankind did he give his image and his likeness to and then share his breath with. In fact, God gave you his pattern and his personality, his image and his likeness. And the reason he did that is so that you would have dominion, so that you would look like God and that you would also act like God. God has just developed you and designed us so that we would reflect his image in everything we do. God gave us his image and likeness before he gave us our assignment. You see, God will always give you the ability before God gives you an assignment. And the ability he gave mankind was called dominion. Now, what exactly is dominion? Dominion is literally the ability to administrate. It's the power to rule, to reign, to dominate. It's the ability to have sovereignty, royal power, and literally dominion. God has created you to rule your environment, not be ruled by it. God has given you the capacity, the ability, and the aptitude to transition and transform your environments, not reflect them. In fact, I want you to understand dominion is what dominion is to man, what swimming is to a fish, or what flying is to a bird. It should come natural to you. And God didn't only give us this ability of dominion so that we could have the ability to administrate our environment, but God tells us also the scope of that ability. That scope is all the earth. God has given this ability so that we have the capacity to rule our environment, to take care and shift atmospheres. God has given you the ability and the authority to transform the resources around you into success in your life. You see, dominion is your ability, but the earth is your assignment. 
So God gave you the power to rule. Listen to me very carefully. For those of you right now that are struggling maybe in the area of depression, those of you that are struggling with addictions, I want you to know right now that addictions are ungodly and not only ungodly but unlawful in the kingdom of heaven. There should be no addiction allowed to rule in your life because God created you to have dominion. When we take a look at, at any kind of addictions, what exactly are they? Whether it be addiction to alcohol, whether to, to uh, drugs, or whether even to addiction to money, all these things are created beings. And according to Genesis 1.26, God created you to have authority over those things. What is wine but grapes? What is alcohol but fermentation? What, what is even, even drugs, whether it be weed, whether it's cocaine, whether other kind of drugs, prescription drugs, those are just plants. God created you to have dominion over those things. Those things should not have dominion or rule over your life. Somebody say amen. And even when we talk about money, money is just mineral. Gold is just rock and silver and copper. All that stuff comes from the ground. It was stuff that God gave Adam resource to. Listen, money should not rule you. And God is not against you having things. He's just against things having you. What am I telling you this morning? I want you to understand that God gave you his image and likeness so that you could have dominion. Dominion is not just your desire. It's literally your design. I want you to understand that dominion is not your desire. It's your design. God designed you to, to operate in dominion. And this is why we feel compelled to make a difference in society. When we see something out of place, there's something in us that recognizes we want to create a shift in the things that are going on around us. God gave his mission statement as he goes on in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. I spoke to you about this last week. He said this, then God blessed them. God blesses you. God's focus for your life is blessing. Our original design was blessing. And he goes on and says, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. I shared with you last week that you were created to be fruitful. In other words, God created you to, to contribute, not just consume. God created you to multiply. He expects you to grow and excel in every aspect of your life. Number three, he called us to fill. In other words, shift and transform environments. And number four, he said subdue. God created us to take territory through influence. That as you get better at your craft or your job or your abilities, God grants you more influence in the environments or spheres of influence that you operate in. You see, I want you to understand something this morning. Adam had all the resources necessary. Listen carefully. Adam had all the resources necessary to create an iPhone in the garden. He had all the resources necessary to create an airplane in the Garden of Eden. He had everything he needed to create a Tesla car. What he lacked, he had all the resources. What he lacked was the knowledge. You see, everything you need for success, God has already given to you. He's given you dominion so that you can take the resources that are already there 
and that you could put them into work. What am I telling you right now? The problem is not lack of resources. The issue in your life is lack of knowledge. And God wants us to grow in knowledge so that we could take dominion in every aspect of our lives. And so I need you to understand that the miracle is already inside of you. Everything you need, and you might be listening to me thinking, Pastor, you don't know my situation. Listen, I know what God intended for your life. And God gave you dominion so that you could take the resources around you and that you could shift the atmospheres, not reflect them. Listen very carefully to me. In Genesis chapter two, verse four, he goes on and he says this, this is the account of the heaven and the earth when they were created. When the Lord God made the heaven and the earth. Verse five says, now there was no shrub that had yet appeared on the earth and no plant had sprung up for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth and there was no one, someone say no one, no one to work the ground. See, there's a principle going on here in Genesis chapter two. That principle is this, is that God will not allow growth where there is no, no one there to care for it. God will not allow expansion growth when there's no one there to care for that environment. What am I telling you? Where there is no garden, there's no growth. When you do not take care of the things that are around you, God won't allow growth to take place. And so it's not an issue of not God not providing for us. It's a matter of us not being prepared to take care of those things. You see, growth is a result of care. What am I telling you right now if you're not caring for your marriage it won't grow if you're not caring for your family it won't grow if you're not caring for your finances or your relationships it won't grow if you're not caring for your health you're not going to grow if you're not caring for your business if you're not caring for your education or your vision or your abilities listen everything God allows increase where there's someone to take care of it I want you to understand right now the problem is not lack of resources. The problem is us growing in the capacity that God has given to us. You see, God is the greatest steward ever. God is the greatest steward ever. What am I telling you? Is that in the story of the talents, God shares, Jesus shares about how the master gave talents to each one of the individuals, his servants. But how did he determine that one got five, one got three, and one got one? How did he determine those things? He determined it by the other tasks and assignments he had given to them. And as they were faithful in those things, as he watched them, you see, I need you to recognize that right now, what you have right now is an audition for more. If you want more from God, you have to make sure that you are taking care of the things that God has given you right here. The master gave to them based on their abilities. If you want more, I want to challenge you right now. Begin to administrate, take care of, and multiply what God has given to you right now in this moment. Because what you're complaining about, someone else would love to have. Someone else would love to have your spouse. Yeah, someone else would love to have your kids. Someone else would love to have your job. Someone else would love to have your problems or your bank account. Someone else would kill to have your situation situation that you're complaining about. They'd love to have your job, your church, your ministry, your anointing. I want you to understand that the very thing you're complaining about, someone else would kill to have that thing right now. See, I need you to understand that your struggle is your story. 
You're looking at your lack, but God's saying, I want to use your struggle to come out with this story that will bring me glory as a result. So I want to encourage you right now. Stop complaining about the hand that you've been dealt in life. Stop complaining about your race. Stop complaining about your family. Stop complaining about your finances. Stop complaining about your surroundings or your abilities. Stop complaining that someone else has more. Someone else, stop complaining about your circumstances, your city, your neighbors. Stop complaining about your situation. I want to encourage you right now. Stop complaining about your situation and start taking dominion over it. Listen very carefully this morning. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, God goes on. And it says, then the Lord took and took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. I want you to look at these four words that he says here in Genesis 2.15. Then the Lord took, put, tend, and keep. The first ones I want you to see is took and put. That word took in the Hebrew means to take possession, to lay hold of, to marry, or literally to buy. God literally married, made a commitment to Adam when he put him, when he, when he took him before he put him in the garden. He took him. He made him his own. God made a commitment to you. I want you to understand the next thing. He put him in the garden of Eden. That with that word put in the Hebrew means to rest, to settle down, to remain, or to be quiet. I want you to understand God took him. He made a commitment to Adam, and then he placed him in a garden, in a place of rest in the Garden of Eden to take care and attend the garden. Listen very carefully. Many of us are restless right now because you're doing work God never assigned you to do. See, it's, it's amazing that God put him, took him, which he committed, and then put him in the garden, which means rest. But when he got there, he didn't rest, he worked. You see, when you're doing what God created you to do, you get a rest out of it. When you're doing what you were created to do, it's not work to you. It, it energizes you. It gives you the rest that you need to continue on. I want you to understand today that if you are tired and you're burnt out, then you might be doing something God never created you or expected you to do in the first place. Listen, he wasn't there by mistake. Listen to me very closely. If you've missed everything I've said to this point, focus in right here. He was not in the garden by accident. God took him and then put him. He was not there by mistake. He was there by mandate. I want you to understand right now that you are not where you're at by mistake. You are not there by accident. You are there on assignment. God placed you in that family. God placed you in this city. God placed you in that church. God placed you at that job. God placed you in that school. You are not there by accident. My brother, my sister, you are there right now by assignment from God. God needed you in that place and God placed you there the same way he did to Adam and Eve in the garden. You see, Acts chapter 17, verse 26 says, from one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth, and he decided beforehand, everyone say decided, he decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. God already determined when you would be born, when you would die, and the boundaries that you would live in. There's, there's no accident that you're living right now in 2020. God placed you here because God needed you to make a difference in this time. You see, you're not here by accident. You are here 
by assignment. God created you for such a time as this. Second thing I want you to see is that Adam was placed in the garden for two reasons, to tend and to keep. Everyone say tend and everyone say keep. That word tend in the Hebrew means to cultivate, to work, and to serve. I want you to know every father, you've been placed in the garden, and your garden might not be a a literal garden. Your garden right now is your mind. Your garden is your heart. Your garden is your family. Your garden is your job. Wherever you're at, God has placed you there to work it, to cultivate it, to serve in that place. And then he says to keep. That word keep means to guard, to protect, and to watch. I don't know any good father that will not protect his family. I don't know any good father that will, will allow anyone to come in and ransack his family or and take things away from his children. Every good father is going to watch out and protect his family. See, I need you to understand something very closely. God gave Adam access, but he did not give him ownership of the Garden of Eden. Ownership wasn't given. And I need you to understand this principle here. Many of you are beginning to think that it's your spouse, it's your, your kids, it's your family, it's your job, it's your car, it's your house. You don't, those things don't belong to you. God has entrusted those things to you. He's given you access, not ownership. You listen, your spouse is not your own. Your kids are not your own. Your house is not your own. Your car is not your own. Your ability, your office is not your own. Your money, your resources are not your own. Your talents and your possessions, they don't even belong to you. Listen, not even your breath belongs to you. God gave you that breath on loan. Listen to me. Most of society's problems can be traced to the atoms of this world failing to tend and to keep their gardens. When a man fails to tend and keep his family, things begin to fall apart. See, the garden is your place of influence. The garden is your heart. The garden is, as I said, your family, your wife, your kids, your job, your school. See, I want you to understand, and I've said this before, and many of you have heard me mention this. I don't believe original sin happened when Adam ate the fruit. I believe original sin took place when Adam allowed the serpent into the garden and didn't kick him out. Adam should have never allowed the serpents to stay there. He allowed the serpent in to talk and have conversation with his wife. I want to challenge every father. I want to challenge every husband. I want to encourage every one of you. It's time now to begin to tend and to keep our families. Right now, more than ever, we are allowing the enemy into our homes, and it's time that we stop the serpent from coming in and having any access to our family any any longer. My question to you right now is this. What are you allowing into your garden who are you allowing into your garden in first timothy chapter 2 verse 14 the apostle paul says and it was not adam who was deceived by satan the woman was deceived and sin was the result listen gentlemen we when we sin when i say we i'm talking about men When we sin, we know exactly what we're doing. We're not deceived. You know when they're going to be there, what you're going to do, and who you're going to do it with. You don't get tricked into sin. And the word saying that Adam wasn't deceived, that's why original sin is attributed to Adam and not Eve. 
Because Eve was tricked by Satan into eating. Adam made a choice to sin. See, the fall didn't just cost us the garden. The fall ended up costing our dominion. It affected our relationship with our Heavenly Father. It destroyed not our aptitude, but it destroyed our attitude. As a result, the very thing that they were created to rule, they ended up hiding out in. When God went looking for Adam and Eve, the Bible says he went in the cool of the night looking for them to fellowship as he did normally. And he couldn't find them. Not that he didn't know where they were. See, when God asks a question, God already knows the answer. He's trying to find out if you do. And God says, Adam, where are you? God knows all things. And Adam was hiding out. If you read the word, he was hiding out in the bushes. Him and Eve had recognized that they were naked and took fig leaves. They took creation, listen to me, took creation to cover themselves. And we do the same thing today. The very thing that we were created to rule, we end up covering ourselves, hiding out in. Hiding out in alcohol and drugs and illicit relationships and lust. We hide out in, 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 in money and, and greed. And I need you to understand that God created you to overcome those things, to not hide out in them. I'm calling you today to come out from taking cover and start taking over. That's what God designed you for. They hid from the very presence that they were designed to carry. They hid from the only one that could truly cover them. And yet when God finds them, I find this so interesting. God doesn't curse Adam and he doesn't curse Eve. He curses the serpent and the ground. But he never curses Adam and Eve. I need you to understand, and I'm speaking to your heart right now. You are not cursed. Yeah, you've made some mistakes, but you're not cursed. That's not God's plan for your life. It's never been God's plan for you. What did God do for Adam and Eve when he pulled them out? He covered them. He didn't curse them. I want you to know that God wants to cover you today. They hid from the very presence that they were created to carry. God so longs to breathe in you again, to fellowship with you again. And this morning, I want to share with you the very thing that God created man for the purpose of doing is to have fellowship with you. Many of us are disconnected from God right now because we've blown it. And just like Adam and Eve, we're hiding out in creation. I'm calling you right now. Come out. They covered themselves in fig leaves. That was only going to last for a little while. What God offers you is something permanent. He wants a relationship with you, not a religion. And right where you are, heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe you're distant from God right now. I want to introduce you to Jesus. He loved you so audaciously, so radically, that he came up with a plan that literally blows my mind today, that he would come down in the form of his creation and give his life 
to pay a price he did not owe because he loved us. Right where you are right now, if you're disconnected from God, I want to invite you to a relationship with Jesus. Just say this with me. Heavenly Father, I receive Jesus Christ as Lord. I make a decision this day to turn my back on my old life and follow Jesus. I believe Jesus died on the cross and rose again for me. And I want to walk in a new life today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now that you've done that, I want to share something very special, not only with you, but everyone around you. I want to share what's called communion. Communion is one of the most powerful sacraments of the church. It's the one thing Jesus did before he died on the cross. And he says, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Now, I know many of you are at home right now and you might not have gone to the store and have the elements necessary. You see, while the elements are important, if you don't have the right elements, you could still have communion with God because it's remembering what he did and looking forward to what he's gonna do. And I want you right where you are, if you would take your bread or your donut or your Cheerio or whatever it is that you have right now to take communion with, Jesus took the bread and said, this is my body which was broken for you. Take and eat and do this in remembrance of me. Take the bread right now. Father, we bless your name. We are so grateful for your broken body. Your body was broken so that ours could be made whole. And I speak to those right now, Lord God, that even as the Spirit of God goes through this television camera and it's beginning to even go overseas to Italy and to different places right now, that, Lord, for those that need healing, that healing would show up now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, begin to break through and minister and, and heal those that need healing, those that need their minds touched, those that are feeling down, those that are feeling fearful. I'd release the peace of God that surpasses all understanding over you right now. Amen. Secondly, he took the cup and said, this is the blood of my new covenant. I want you to understand that when Jesus died, he didn't just die for you. He died as you. He took your place. He became the child molester. He became the murderer. He became the liar, the cheater. He became sin. The Bible says he who knew no sin became sin for us. He took our punishment. And it was the blood of Jesus that washes us clean that makes us right with God again. No more covering, no more hiding out. It's all about fellowship. Take the cup right now. Father, we thank you right now. Lord, I pray, Father, for our friends and our family of CWC, wherever they may be right now. And we speak healing, we speak grace, we speak breakthrough. Lord, right now, COVID-19 may cause a lot of people to be afraid and fearful. But Lord, my trust is in you. 
Lord, I know, my God, that we're not only going to come out of this, but we're going to come out of this stronger. We're not going to waste this time. We're going to grow. We're going to draw closer to you. We're going to lean on you. We're going to use this as a reset to get things right in life. And I speak to every father right now that they would rise up and take dominion. That they would understand that they are there to tend and to keep their gardens. And I pray that we would rise up once again during this reset and begin to take care of the things that, Lord, you have entrusted us with. And I say, thank you for my family. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for the resources you've entrusted to me. Let me be faithful to you with them. Lord, I thank you for my church. I thank you for this wonderful group of people. Lord, we love them. We miss them. And I can't wait to worship together with them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen, today's Palm Sunday. Next Sunday is Easter Sunday. And we're going we're gonna to celebrate like you won't believe. I want you to share the video next Sunday as we go live for Easter Sunday. We have some special things planned for you that we're gonna be sharing with you next week. So listen, get ready as we prepare for, for Easter Sunday, the Super Bowl of the church. I want you to get ready because it's gonna be a phenomenal, amazing time. Thank you so much for allowing us to come into your homes this, this morning. We wanna pray and just say thank, we wanna pray blessings over you and say thank you for allowing us to be here. God bless you this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.